0: Welcome to The Howler, your look at the state of Wolfpack Athletics.
1: Now here are your hosts, Ethan Barry and Thomas Overton. Ethan Barry and Thomas
0: Overton, back with you once again the final howler of the semester. Thomas, it's been a good semester. Huh? Yeah, it has. It's crazy how fast it's gone by, you know? Yeah, it feels like Yesterday. I always feel like football season, I always feel like in the spring, football season was eterni- an eternity ago, and I, you know, right now it's only December, I guess, football was a couple weeks ago, but I feel like just yesterday we were playing James Madison, and you know?
1: Yeah, just like we moved in and started classes, and we are out there covering fest, and that feels like, you know, two weeks ago, but you're totally right, the spring's an eternity for us, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I forgot where I was going to go with that. <laughs> Anyway, um so we got we got a busy we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, mostly with uh with football staff. Um and then we'll get into a little bit of basketball and uh we'll talk about the bowl game a little bit. So Eli Drinkwitz and Dwayne Ledford are are leaving. Uh Drinkwitz is headed to App State to be the head coach and um Ledford is headed to Louisville to be the offensive coordinator. And both are, both are um, improvements salary-wise and position-wise for those guys. Um, what were your initial thoughts? We'll start with Ledford since he happened uh, almost a week ago now, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard the chatter on social media that Ledford might be the first to go to move up one of the coordinating positions. Uh, I think it's really great for him. He's done great great job development. That offensive line is so good. The rankings came out for the top guards or whatever it was in the country, and State had two in the top ten, I think, with uh, Prescott. And Skoltherp, so obviously a great coach, and I kind of I kind of figured that one was going to happen sooner than later. Um, Drinkwitz, I thought, might stick around a year or more. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it felt inevitable with all of them. Right. When you have good coaches, they're going to move on. That's just how it is. That's right. Um, like, these guys don't want to be assistants forever. Like, Dave Dorn is a CEO, and these other dudes are working desk jobs. Right. Like, they don't want to work desk jobs forever. They want to be CEOs too. Yeah. So, um Ledford, apparently Ledford had an option on the table to be the App State head coach but decided to be the coordinator at Louisville, which makes sense to me because he didn't have any, any experience ahead of being a line coach. And that just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe he would have been successful, but that would have been uh, tough for him. And then Drinkwood's obviously getting the head coaching job. Yeah, I agree with you. It kind of came out of nowhere. Honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of rumors. And I don't think he was on their initial list, um, App State. But, um I guess enough people said no, that it was a great opportunity for him. And, look, if you're Eli Drinkwitz, like, his goal has always been to be a head coach. And, I mean, every coach, most coaches, that that's the case. But, you know, his was – when he came to Raleigh, it was no, a known fact that he was not going to be here for a long time. He was looking to move on to be a head coach somewhere. And I don't think there's many better places to start than App State.
1: Yeah, apps, I think they've definitely got the history of just, like, the way that, you know, there are – we can call them a lower-level program, but I still think they have some some very small of the national recognition, you know, beating Michigan and the national championships in a row and then winning the, um, with the Sun Belt, yep. whatever it's called, yeah, uh, for their first consecutive years. It's real impressive, so I think it's a great place to start uh, as a head coach, you know. We'll see how Satterfield does at Louisville.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're a group of five, App yeah. State is, so um, obviously it's not as big of a job as some others um, but yeah, Satterfield at Louisville, that was a surprise. Jeff Brom from Purdue turned them down, and then I think Satterfield was their, their next option. Um, but I mean, we'll see how it turns out for both guys. Um, I have more faith in Drinkwitz, I think, than I do Ledford. Um, I think <laughs> there's some question as to how Ledford will translate to being a coordinator. It's tough. To, like, it's not just, like, you go from just focusing on your position to right worrying about the whole offense and calling plays. It's it's a big, big difference. Um, but I, I think Drinkwitz will do well at App State, if nothing else, because most coaches do well at App State. Yeah. So um, he's set up pretty well to do well there, and then obviously Satterfield turned that job into Louisville. So if you're Drinkwitz, then you can look to turn, you know, App State, uh, look to turn that job into a uh, uh, – a Power 5 job somewhere uh, down the road. But, you know, we'll see what happens, and it's good for those guys. And it, 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 sh- it speaks really well of the program that Dave Doran's got in Raleigh because, you know, I was thinking about this. It's kind of the same thing as players. Right. Like the, the way to get better players is to send players to the NFL. That's right. The way to get better coaches is to send coaches to better jobs. Right. So that's what you're doing here. And now your, your job is more attractive Like, the offensive coordinator job is more attractive than it was three years ago when Drinkwitz took it.
1: Right. I mean, we definitely knew that some of these great assistants coming in and developing these past couple years were going to go different places, and now it's really up to Doran and the rest of the staff and the administration to go and find, like, quality, just as good, maybe even better assistant coaches to fill those positions and to just pick up right where they left off. I know in the statement, Doran really wants to keep the offensive scheme, so just getting a new coordinator isn't going to change what they're doing offensively. And I think that really helps with the players that are in-house right now and then the recruits coming in just to just to keep that trust with them. Um, if Doran's able to do that really well and the transitions make it smoothly, I think they'll be really successful going forward.
0: I agree. I think um, – man, I keep losing my train of thought. Um, oh, what I was saying. So Drinkwits and Ledford were really, you know, I don't know how to diamond in the rough type of guys where you just kind of you, like, interviewed them. You got to know them. You heard good reviews about them. You were taking a chance on a guy who wasn't necessarily proven at this level. I don't think State has to do that this time around. I think you could go to another coordinator or a guy who's been a coordinator and say, look, look at what we've got going here. Right. Do you want to come? Like, NC State is more attractive than it right now than a lot of other teams. So that that w- it's a big upgrade to go from, I, I, I don't know, a school – uh, some random power five school Vanderbilt. Say you got you like a coach at Vanderbilt who's an offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt who's done well. You like him, you wanna hire him, hypothetically. You can go and say, Hey, look, NCJ is a better job than Vanderbilt is right now and you're probably gonna get that guy. And I don't think that was the case three years ago.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean state just the way State's been improving, especially in conference play, you know, being able to compete in the A C C um not quite at the level of Clemson, but, yeah, like you were saying, the positions look look better to those out there that are looking for them. Maybe, like, if State can become one of those programs where coordinators always turn into head coaches somewhere else, which I think they're on the way to, then they shouldn't have any trouble bringing in coordinators from other Power 5 schools, like you were saying.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, Doran has always done a good job at hiring coaches. Yes. That's just been the strength of his. I don't think he's made a bad hire. Um Matt Canada, I think, was the last person that got fired. Right. And that was three years ago now. Yeah. So this is going to be the third off season in a row that nobody gets fired. So that's impressive. That speaks well to to his ability um, to hire guys, I think. And, you know, once again, that's attractive to coaches because you don't want to go somewhere where people are getting fired every year. Right. So, um We'll see what happens. There's been a lot of talk about promoting somebody to the offensive coordinator. They're obviously going to have to make an outside hire for offensive line coach. Um, But as for coordinator, there's three guys on the offensive side who are still here. Uh, Des Kitchings, uh, who's the running backs and a recruiting coordinator. Um, You got George McDonald, who's the wide receivers guy, and Eddie Faulkner as tight ends and special teams. What are your thoughts on hiring from within?
1: Uh, I mean – I think it really helps with recruiting and then you know you've already got the relationships with the players already on the team. But then like you're saying you've got to go and fill the hole that you just moved up. And so you still almost you almost you don't have the same problem because you've filled one position. Now you're just looking for a different one and you don't really have to get somebody as qualified for a positions coach, you know what I'm saying? Right. With the quite the same resume because that's a step towards a coordinator position. So to be able to do that, you've got the coaches' trust, the players' trust, the recruits' trust, I think, from that aspect. But if there's somebody out there that's better than those three, then you're probably going to go and hire the best one because we still want to compete and do well. So there's a little bit of both sides, you know?
0: Yeah, I I think a lot of people are saying Des Kitchings because Kitchings has been flirting with leaving NC State. And I guess we should mention this. There's a possibility that, like, more coaches could leave for better jobs. Right. Um. So we'll see what happens. Kitchings is one of those guys, so a lot of people have mentioned, well, offensive coordinator to keep him around. And I don't know, I guess I'm not as on board with that as as a lot of other people because he's the recruiting guy, and that's not necessarily going to transfer the offensive coordinator. If you make him the offensive coordinator, he's losing a lot of his recruiting responsibilities. Right. So coordinators aren't as big recruiting. Um, so I don't know, that makes me hesitant, I guess, I think what's going to happen is he's going to call plays in the bowl game, and that's going to be the test for him. And if he passes, he'll get the offensive coordinator spot.
1: Yeah, I didn't read it to the fine print if Drinkwins was going to hang around for the bowl game or not or Ledford. So I assume not because they've got work to do. No, he's not, yeah. He's probably already packed up and leaving now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who knows?
0: But so my guess is Kitchens will call plays in the bowl game, and then if he does well. I think that's what happened at South Carolina. Last year they lost their offensive coordinator, and they promoted somebody for the game. They liked what he did in the game. And he got the job. I think that's something similar that could happen, um, but taking your best recruiter off of recruiting is is risk, right? Um, and so, what if he doesn't work out at offensive coordinator? Then you lost your best recruiter, right? Because you're not going to demote him back. So, right, um, you'd have to fire him. So we'll see what happens. McDonald and Faulkner, I think, are also candidates. I'm surprised McDonald's not a guy that's gotten more attention with what he's done with Kelvin Harmon, Jacoby Myers. I mean, just for his job with Jacoby Myers alone, he should. That dude went from a two-star who was committed to some MAC school, I think, at NC State, turned him into a, a guy who's going to get drafted either this year or next year. Um, I mean, to me, that screams like, okay, we got to hire this guy. So we'll see what happens with McDonald. I think he's a candidate to to move up to offensive coordinator. Um, but we'll see. I agree with you. You gotta, you just got to make the right hire. You can't – a lot of people talked about giving Ledford offensive coordinator to keep him, but you can't give people better jobs just to keep them around because they may not necessarily be better at that job. Right, you, you still gotta have
1: to be competitive and win and find the best person for the best job, even if it hurts people's feelings. I mean, it's college football that's going to yeah. happen. So.
0: Yeah, exactly, and speaking of hurting feelings, there's a good chance that some of these coaches get their feelings hurt if – You know, they don't get this offensive coordinator job because you know all three of these guys uh, are going to be interested. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't really expect anything to happen anytime soon. Maybe you get an offensive line coach in the next couple weeks. But I think right now (coughs) National Signing Day is six days away. I think that's the focus right now. Right. Um, And you've only got eight coaches on the road right now, which may hurt, but you can send other guys out. Uh, in their place so uh state will be able to make up for that um just to have warm bodies to go talk to kids um but we'll see it's an interesting time we mentioned this last week it was going to be a big off season and i i think nc state was overdue for some coaching changes personally yeah i mean when you're doing well like nc state has the last couple years you know guys are going to move on um and like I mentioned, building that tree is important. And for Dave Doran to have his first assistant become a head coach, that's a really big deal. Right. It's a big day for Dave Doran. So not just for Eli Drinkwitz. So um, we'll see what happens if we come back in January and uh, nobody's been hired. We can talk about it some more. But my guess is by that point there will be an offensive line coach in place. Yeah,
1: probably by that second week of January, they'll, they'll start to make some hires and look towards more towards spring ball. So I'm not really worried um, I think right now they're more prepared on recruiting in the bowl game than anything. So
0: yeah, for sure. And I mean, if there's one thing, like I said earlier, if there's one thing to have faith in Dave Dorn about, it's hiring coaches. That's right. So, um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see what else. You got Jacoby Myers. His decision still up in the air. Um, have you thought about that at all this week? What are your?
1: No, not really. Been focused on studying a little bit. I mean, yeah, Myers. Uh, I have. Myers yeah. might be one of those. See how well he plays in the bowl game type of deal. Yeah, But I do think with Harmon going to the draft, Myers would look for a lot more receptions next season. So that could be a bonus to sticking around. Um, yeah, I don't think, even if he stayed, I don't think he'd really go backwards. I think all he'd do is improve. He might.
0: Even with a new quarterback, yeah. I, I think we'll you'd see. make up for the loss of Kelvin Harmon. That's right. Like, where he's losing targets because of his chemistry with Finley, he's making up for them because Harmon's gone. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but moving him to the outside. Right. Because that's where the money gets made for wide receivers. He's a slot, you're a slot receiver. The best of the best slot receivers are second, third round. Right. Um, and so if you're Jacoby Myers, you, you, I think that's the pitch if you're Dave Doran. And I can't remember if I said this last week. That's the pitch if you're Dave Doran. You say, Jacoby, come back. We're, you're going to get some reps on the outside to show that you can do it out there. That's right. And the, if you do well in fall practice, maybe we'll move you outside there permanently you know if you get better throughout the season you'll be out there all year Or yeah you know, once you get to the latter half of the season anyway so I think that's your pitch if you're NC State you say move him to the outside and he's got the height the height's not right. an issue he's not a typical slot receiver in that sense and then obviously you'd have a capable capable backup there with uh, Thayer Thomas who who did well this year so we'll keep an eye out on that uh I agree with you. I think it's a good point about the bowl game because I think Naheem Hines jumped up a lot last year in the bowl game. I Even agree. though he didn't necessarily have a huge day, he still had three touchdowns and it was on national TV. Right. And it was the only game on. That was a big deal. Yep. Um, and so this is going to be a similar situation. If Jacoby Myers has 12 catches for 160 yards, two touchdowns, you know, that, that could that could literally boost you up a round yeah. or two. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but I would imagine by the time we get back, we'll have a decision. January 14th is the early entry day, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so uh, that'll be the big one there. Uh, other guys, Jermaine Pratt isn't playing in the bowl game. I can't remember if that happened before last week or not. It
1: was right around the time we uh, recorded last week, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, that's a big loss. Obviously, your best player on defense, it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, for State in a game that they're already the underdog in. Right. But I've said this before, and we can talk a little bit about the bowl game now. Texas A&M is a kind of a mirror image of NC State. Um, a good passing offense. Uh, a okay running game, I believe. Uh, Texas A&M has one really good running back, uh, but their passing game is where they make their money. And then running game defense is really good. Passing game defense is really bad. Oh, excuse me. So, teams are pretty similar, right? Yeah. And you figure NC State, uh, Kellen Mond, Texas A&M quarterback, is a good good quarterback, but he's, he's not as good as Ryan Finley, right? I don't think. Um, so, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a pretty even matchup. I think Texas A&M is getting the nod just because they're more of the brand name. Right. And they played a tougher schedule, which is fair. Like, they're the ranked team. Yeah. All those things are fair. Um, and I mentioned last week they got, they got a lot of credit for playing Clemson close. But I like this matchup for NC State for some yep. reason. Like, my head's, like, part of my part of me is like, eh, I don't know about this. And the other part of me is like, I feel pretty good for some reason, you know? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to think NC State's going to win, but I do.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I definitely think the teams are pretty equally matched. You know, run game, pass game, run defense good, pass defense poor, so... I mean, I think whoever limits the most big plays, you know, it's a bowl game. They always, I feel like, coaches always draw up some fancy plays we hadn't seen all year, and throw them in for the bowl game just because no one's gonna remember them come August. So, right. Um, whoever's able to limit the big pass plays, and win the turnover battle. So that's that's mostly every game, but especially in this game, you know, when you're so evenly matched, I think it probably turned into a passing battle since both rush defenses are. Are pretty stellar. so
0: yeah. Last time I checked Texas A&M didn't have any guys sitting out. I think Pratt is a bigger loss in this game than Harmon is because receivers right. are pretty replaceable. Yes. As great as Kelvin Harmon is, if you got a good quarterback, your receivers are going to be decent, even if they drop a, a bunch of throws. So right. It's great having good receivers, but I think receivers and, and running backs too are, are the most replaceable position on the field. Um, but we'll see. I think you're going to have a motivated NC State team. <laughs> Um, and I question how motivated Texas A&M is going to be. I yeah.
1: agree with that. I think State still feels a little disrespect. I think Doran in one of his postseason press conferences said State deserves to be ranked, yeah. which that's, that's debatable. He said you that know. right after the ECU game. Yeah, that's a little debate. I mean, 9-3, and three, but no, like, super quality win, and the Wake Forest loss at home was, was not good at all. So,
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get into the quality yeah. win debate. I'm I just I was
1: saying going on that State has definitely something to play for and something to prove. I think they're – going like 10 wins I mean that'd be a great accomplishment especially after all the players that were drafted last year
0: it would yeah um yeah and and Texas a and beat LSU in their last game of the year over Thanksgiving weekend some ridiculous 74-72 eight overtime game that's right it was one of the greatest games I've ever watched it was up there did you watch that I
1: or? I went and watched the condensed game which normally those take about 20 minutes because they show every play so many overtimes, it was about 37 minutes. So, really? you know, they cut out all the time in between plays and commercials. So yeah. I watched some of those if I don't get to watch the game. But, yeah, it was pretty intense.
0: Yeah, not to take anything away from Texas A&M, but LSU deserves to win that game Right. in regulation. Um, and then I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was a, a questionable call um, that gave Texas A&M a, an extra play, and they scored, and the game went to overtime. But, I mean, a game like that, it's a coin flip. So, We'll see. I mean, they've got that signature win over LSU, um, and that was their last game. So we'll see. I agree. State's got something to prove. People have been saying that they haven't beat a good team uh, so that their 9-3 their and three is inflated. And that may be true, but that's also something that you can use as motivation to be like, you know, Texas A&M would be a signature win. Right. Now, on the flip side of that, if you beat Texas A&M, Texas a and ms going to be 8-5. and So are they a signature win? If NC State beats Texas A&M, is it a signature win? Who are you asking? You.
1: Me. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm not going to call a signature win because I think for signature it needs to really be like top 15, top 12. Yeah. But I think it's a quality win, especially in a bowl game against a ranked SEC team. That, that's a quality win. I'm not going to say signature. Yeah, so.
0: I, I think that's a good assessment. Um, My thing with quality wins is like, Last year, when NC State beat Florida State, that was a good Florida State team at the time. Right now, they turned out to be six and six, so they didn't get any credit for it. But at the time, it was a good Florida State team. But after after the NC, I think it was the next week they lost to Miami on the last second touchdown. Right, and after that, they just gave up. Yes. So there's a difference between like a quality win, like Virginia. The v- Virginia that NC State played this year, Virginia was like six and two at one point, and NC State beat them when they were six and two. Right. And same thing with Boston College. BC was 7-2, and two, I want to say. And as you say, beat them during that stretch. Yes. So those are signature w- – or not signature, but quality wins. Right. That then look worse down the road because those teams ended up losing.
1: Yeah, the same thing happened last year with Florida State in Louisville, and I think there was one more or something in there.
0: Well, Louisville uh, – Okay, never mind. Continue your point. Yeah, that Gold was about I it. think ended up in the top 25. Did they come back? Or they were close. Okay. They didn't end up, but they were. They ended up like a 9-1 team. It
1: just seemed last season, every time State beat a good team, well, then they just fell off the wagon, and then everyone discredited State's win over right. them because and of the games they played after that. That's
0: not State's fault. No, right. So that's my whole thing with, with quality wins. That's my point. If everybody's like, okay, Texas A&M is 19th in the country. Can State beat a good team? Well, what happens if State beats Texas A&M and then they're no longer ranked?
1: Right. The same people that say Texas A&M's the 19th ranked team in the country, can they beat a good team? Better say State beat a good team after State, right. if, if State can do that. So, yeah. Which seems to be the problem because then it turns into, oh, they're not really a good team. But then, well, you said they were and then State beat them and now they're not after one game and that don't make any sense. Yeah. So.
0: And And the other thing about that, I'll just throw this out there, when you talk about State having quality wins. State destroyed literally, not literally – but over half of the teams on the schedule, right? Right. JMU, okay, that was 24-13, but JMU never had the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead. Right. Georgia State was a blowout. Blowout. Marshall was a blowout. That's Virginia was a two-touchdown game, but they scored a garbage-time touchdown. Right. So that was basically a three-touchdown game. Boston College, you were up 28-3 to yep. in the third quarter before you fell asleep. Um Clemson, L- uh, Clemson, Syracuse, uh, Wake Forest, obviously. Florida State, you won that one by three touchdowns, including a in garbage time. Uh, UNC Chapel Hill was the one close game that State won. Right. ECU was obviously a blowout. I feel like I'm Louisville. forgetting one. And Louisville was a blowout. Yes. So State only played in three close games. Chapel Hill. Syracuse. Syracuse and Wake Forest. Right. They lost two of those three. And then obviously got blown out by Clemson. So State... Won eight games handily. Yeah. So that tells me, like, I'm not arguing that they played a bad schedule, but it's not like they were playing close games either, right? But, they were right. easily handling these teams. Yeah. So that's my rebuttal to people saying that NC State um, didn't play a tough schedule. You're right, but at the sa- like, you're right, but at the same time, State was destroying teams.
1: That's right. If you can beat any team by 50 points, then I'd say it's a good win. I mean, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, so should we do a prediction for the game?
1: I think we shall since we won't be back. Are you going to go down to the game?
0: No, I'll be in California, actually. Oh, wow, California. Are you, yeah, are you going to be there?
1: I'm planning to, so we'll see if it works out, but yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think State loses 34-31. I am I feel weird on this one because part of me thinks State is going to win the game, like I said. Like, this game is truly a toss-up to me, but I just don't have faith in State in cl- in a close game. Okay. Especially without Jermaine Pratt, and y- y- we know how State has struggled in close games with Brian Finley. So yeah. I'll go 34-31, but at the same time, if State won by two touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, I was, was going to say, I think it's more dependent on how Texas A&M actually comes out and play. That's if what they I'm come saying. out real flat, I think State easily beats them, you know, 10 points, 12 points, two touchdowns. But if Texas A&M comes out and playing well, I think it will be close, and I'd take the Aggies in a close one, yeah. three, four, five points, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think there's two results to this game. There's NC State beats Texas A and M handily or Texas A and M wins a close one. Right. Those are my two those are the two things that I think will happen. I'll go Texas A and M in a close one because I don't want to predict Texas A and M not showing up. Like that's just Right. I could see it happening but I'm not gonna predict it. Um so we'll 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 recap the game uh when we get back in January. Uh for now we can talk a little bit about basketball. There haven't been any games played, uh since we were last here, I don't, I don't believe. Uh, if it was, it was the Western Carolina game. Yeah, the game. Western
1: Carolina game. Western had 33 turnovers. Probably about 30 out of those were travels or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Yeah. So that wrote the, that wrote the whole storyline of the game. We don't really have to talk about that one.
0: Yeah, I remember somebody was like, State forced 33 turnovers. I was like, I was like uh, State didn't force 33 turnovers. <laughs> Thirty, Like 20 of them were unforced. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you got Penn State this weekend in New Jersey. Uh, that's going to be a tough one and then you have a home game against auburn. These are two really big games. I think state needs at minimum a split.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: Um and uh it, the non-conference schedule at the least is going to get a boost. Yeah. I'm I think it still might be the worst in the country after these two games. But
1: I mean auburn's quality and I think state the biggest oh, thing auburn's state really right it. the yeah. biggest thing state has going for them on Saturday is that it's a neutral site. I like the way they responded in the last, what, eight minutes against Vanderbilt in a neutral site game. So you can yeah. see that I do not they haven't won a true road game yet, but they've only played the one. So neutral site game, I, I take State. And then at home against Auburn, I don't know. It's weird because it's a Christmas break game, so you don't like – I feel like Kevin Keats' teams really thrive off the atmosphere, but no one knows what the okay, atmosphere is going to be like. I think
0: the atmosphere is going to be good because you a lot of people are going to have Christmas tickets. Okay, I like Chris- agree. A Christmas gift. Ticket. I
1: think the university knows that they're on break and going to give out a lot of the student tickets away to yeah. sell. So that'll be positive. We'll see how that goes. I'm definitely going to come back to that. I think the crowd will
0: one. be good. The crowd has always been good for big basketball games. Okay. No matter how bad State is, in the Mark Gottfried years, crowd is always good for a big game. And Auburn's top ten. They don't have the name, but I think most people are going to understand their top ten. Yeah. I think State wins both. To be honest. I do. I I'm, think. S- yeah. Go ahead. I think State wins both. Uh, I think Penn State is gonna be a little closer. I think um maybe eight, ten points. Uh and I think I think Auburn is gonna be down to the wire. Yeah. And I think State State will pull it out. State has got so many State has got so much depth. Yes. And if Markel Johnson can continue to take over games the way he did against Wisconsin and the way he did against Vandy, State's going to have a closer, and I think that's the one question with this team. Who is the closer? Right. I think it c- C.J. Bryce has done it at times, um, but Markel Johnson needs to be the guy. Uh, and C.J. Bryce is option number two late in the game. And then, obviously, you got Torin Dorn. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and pick the Miami game – uh which is December it might be New Year's Eve or New Year's Day but I know it's before we get back. It's
1: January 3rd so right before oh, we come 30. back, but it's still on the road so.
0: Yeah, I think Miami wins that one though. I am just going to Yeah, go first ahead.
1: Commerce game on the road. I I haven't watched Miami this year so I mean what?
0: They've struggled. They they have struggled uh and st- I feel like when's the last time state won at Miami? I feel like it's I was about to say years. state
1: never wins in Coral Gables, I mean even when they're the way better team, so but I do like State in these next two games, most specifically in the Auburn game, just because I think every year State plays one really good non-conference game. So last year, even though Arizona didn't end up finishing that well, I still think they were a quality team at the time. Yeah. And State played um, well I, against that team, so. Yeah,
0: I disagree about Arizona, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, we yeah. don't have to agree on everything. Yeah, I think so. State wins against against Auburn and Penn State, and then a couple cupcakes after that. Uh, and then Miami down at Miami, I think State loses – and then after that, you get into it with UNC Chapel Hill. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about that one uh, when we get back. But hey, twelve and one non-conference run would be really, really impressive. It'd be
1: really great, especially come March. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that Auburn win—if you get that one—that's gonna be. I mean, it was weird because last year signature wins was the least of State's issues. Nobody had the same. Nobody had better wins than NC State. Right. Aside from like the top two, three seeds, you know. Yeah. Like. T- any one, two, or three seeds, so I'm thinking that that's not going to be an issue again, and I think Auburn, Auburn is going to join the list of good wins for NC State. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. Should be a fun game uh, next week. Exams will be over, but I'm not sure that everybody will be gone. Too.
1: Yeah, I don't know what time they close the dorms. That only really applies to freshmen. So I th- the upperclassmen might stick around a little longer. That live off campus, you know. Exams go till. Tuesday the eighteenth of what eight pm eleven pm something yeah. weird like that so, so we sticking around one day some kids might exactly. think it's worth it so we'll see
0: yeah we'll see um, I think that'll just about do it yeah uh, anything else going on
1: feeling a little under the weather so I'm glad you did yeah. a lot of the talking tonight you could probably tell yeah I, so. I
0: couldn't I didn't even couldn't even tell that you were oh, under how about the weather that? until until I saw how red your yeah nose.
1: it's, it's yeah oh well I have one question for you yeah. How about them Cowboys? <laughs>
0: I actually – I don't watch football anymore. Oh, that's uh, terrible. As a Panthers fan, it's just been – it's been a hard five weeks, honestly.
1: Yeah, but I get a text from my brother. He loves the Panthers. He's just like, oh, I'm so done. So every week says so he's not going to watch, and then he watches, and here we are.
0: I think, th- I think the NFL is wide open this year, though. The Patriots yeah. look vulnerable. The Chiefs and Rams look awesome. Um, but at the same time, like, they haven't done it in the playoffs. Right. And then you've got the Saints – um, and then you've got – I'm not even sure if the Packers can still make the playoffs. No, I think
1: the Bears almost have that one wrapped oh, that's up. That's big, a big win on Monday or Sunday night, whatever one was, against the Rams. That was real impressive.
0: Yeah, I, f- I forgot about the Bears. They probably have the best defense in the league. Yep. Uh, and then the AFC, you still got the Steelers, obviously. Um,
1: Chargers are making a little run, so Chargers a little noise too. over there. People they are
0: sleeping. Don't, I don't even think people are sleeping on the Chargers yeah. anymore. But it'd be it'd be really tough to swallow though winning.
1: whatever. They might win 11, 12 games and still get a wild card just because the Chiefs. So we'll see if they can that They can
0: run them off though. I win, mean, especially with 11 wins. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. Those two teams actually play tonight, I think. But uh, I think that should just about do it, right? You guys. No, that's about, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check back again in January for another episode of the House. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu sports.